to episode 20, part two of the One Life Podcast. We're your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy, and our mission at One Life is to inspire you to take risks, dream big, and to live your life on purpose. Hey guys, last time we told you about Porterbox. If you haven't got a chance to go check them out, Porterbox jewelry is amazing. It's jewelry that tells a story, and we've seen it literally impact people's lives. More than just jewelry, their heart behind the message and what they're doing, their company is truly amazing. Yep. And we've partnered with them to offer you a 15% discount. So head on over to their website, theporterbox.com, and enter the code ONELIFE15 for your 15% off discount. We love them. They're awesome. Go yes. get it. So part one of our conversation with the amazing Suzanne Stabile was incredible. If you're jumping in in this one, make sure you go back and listen to part one where Suzanne really does an incredible job explaining an overview of what the Enneagram is and all the nine types so that you can listen through and figure out which type you are. I think we could say that the Enneagram is Myers-Briggs on steroids. It's so much more. And the reason it's so much more is because out of all the systems that are like it, the Enneagram is the one that has a spiritual component, and the Enneagram is also the one that shows you what you can do to be healthier than you are, to make better choices than you make. And that's why I love it so much. And in this part of our conversation, we're going to be talking about how the Enneagram helps us grow in our relationships with God and with each other. I think with technology and social media and the pace of our culture, I think relationships are threatened. And I don't know a better tool for building our way back to healthy relationships than the Enneagram. Once we can accept our difference, we can find what we hold in common. And that is what gets me on an airplane because I believe the Enneagram can make a difference in how we see ourselves, in how we see our relationship to God, and in how we see our relationship with other people. So guys, we're going to dive right in back where we left off. Here's Suzanne. So when I teach a a basic workshop, which I call a Know Your Number workshop, when I teach that workshop, I say to everybody, I think at the end of the day, you'll leave knowing your number because I'm pretty good at this. However, (laughs) if you don't leave knowing your number, I can guarantee that you will leave more compassionate. That's great. And I think we're really lacking compassion. Mm. So the path between us is about the differences in our numbers. It's about what we have in common. And it's a very practical book because at the end of each chapter kind of tells you how you need to treat that number if you want to be in relationship with them. And it talks about from that number's perspective how they need to be mindful of how they come across to other people. So it's um, kind of a handbook. I hope people will keep their own. It'll be good for book sales, but I also hope that they write in it and that they spend a lot of time thinking before they interact with somebody else, both at work and at home and during the holidays with our families that are extended families. And I think it's... um, a game changer in families, in churches, and in corporate structures if people will use it. And I know that sounds a little lofty, but I actually think it's true. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that you say that you don't want it to be water cooler talk because I think that really has kind of caught this momentum in the last few years. And those who maybe have encountered it or, or have 
a little bit more than the average person's knowledge. It, it really can turn into this like, oh, well, I'm a seven and you're a two and now oh, you're definitely a one or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're right. That could be, it's a dangerous, it could be very dangerous uh, to try and label someone else or even even maybe have a conversation with somebody that doesn't even know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and so I love this book. It's kind of that next step beyond the road back to you and helping understand the different types and how they relate to each other in relationship. I was wondering if you could take a second and just kind of maybe give us a couple examples, maybe some great pairings or some difficult ones, maybe how a seven and a one interact with each other. Just, <laughs> if you need just, a hypothetical. That's just, a one, that's just one of those out there, you know, whatever. <laughs> Okay, so I'll do you guys, and okay. then and then oh, I'll, yeah, that sounds great. Right, and then I'll <laughs> sure. talk about Joe and me. Oh, there perfect. you go. Yeah, perfect. all right. So let seven and one. First of all, you share a line on the enneagram, so that's a good thing because right. that means that based on stress and security, you you each have experience from the behavior of the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, ones take things in life very seriously. They struggle to like themselves because they have this voice that tells them they're not doing things right. Sevens like themselves a lot. Oh, a whole lot. Man, so Man, much. Man, that is true. Uh, and not only do sevens like themselves, but they, they don't feel any need to be like other people. They're not measuring their behavior. So if you just took somebody who's trying to do everything right and somebody who's really trying to enjoy life... And you put that together, then it keeps the seven from enjoying life thoughtlessly or without keeping other people in mind or without a routine so that everything gets done. Mm -hmm. But if you add some seven gifts to the one's world, then seven's expectations for other people are not terribly high. They don't really want you to be perfect. Uh, They want you to be content because that's what they're looking for for themselves. And if a one was to say to a seven, I did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong today, and I feel terrible about myself, a seven would say, don't be silly. Look at all these things that you did right. Mm -hmm. And sevens add some levity and some lightheartedness to a one's life. I hear a lot about sevens and ones as parents. And I think parenting is tricky for those two numbers together. And so I think the path between them is the place to agree on parenting, on the big pieces of parenting. And I think it's good for children to experience the seriousness of a one and the frivolity of a seven. Sevens are very creative. And so they pull ones out of that place of we need to do it the way we've done it before because we know it works. And sevens say, let's do it this way. This is a new and different way. And I promise you, it'll be a good way. And, you know, we, sevens are so charming. We kind of fall into their charm no matter what our number is. And we're willing to try things we maybe wouldn't try. So true. Gosh. The, the only other thing I want to say about that for people who might be a one is that I really encourage ones to leave town away from home for 24 hours a month minimum. Because ones are responsible for perfecting everything in their world. And until they go somewhere else, they don't know about this space where the voices aren't so prevalent. Mm. So I, I, I think seven and one is a, I think every number with every number can work. 
the goal is for all of us to try to be healthy. And, you know, in terms of healthy and average and unhealthy, uh, we're moving up and down that all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a one in seven, because you share a line on the Enneagram, can help pull one another back to that healthy place. That's good. That's great. Um, Joe and I, Joe's a nine and I'm a two. And uh, we don't share a line on the Enneagram. And we are both other referenced. And that has been a struggle for us for all of our years together. We're both in ministry and we both tend to put other people ahead of ourselves. So we have to really work on priorities. We have to be very clear about what our priorities are. And we have to use that to make our decisions about how we're going to live our lives or our days. Joe is on staff at a really big church. I travel a lot and teach. And even though our children have left home, there's still a tendency in us to uh, not keep enough time for home time for Joe and me and for working on our relationship and enjoying being with one another. So uh, we each have our different ways of putting boundaries around ourselves. One of the best things about our two numbers is that we're peace-loving. We neither one like conflict. Joe can't stand it, which means I usually win. (laughs) And in terms of our parenting styles, I would say that I always said no to the big things because I was concerned about the children. Joe said no to the little things because he was concerned about our family structure and finances and all those things. But the children figured out who to go to for what. And I think um, I may I think I might have said something about this about you guys, too. I think we need to be in agreement in parenting about the big stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it's good for children to have two different parents who see the right. world differently. And I don't think it's bad for them to know which one to go to to get what they want. And I think the difference in us as parents lends itself to disagreement, which I think children need to observe. So bottom line is Joe and I do great together. I think that's in part because he's such a good human being, but I, I, and I'm not bad. And I also think. uh, You're not bad at all. As a seven, I'm going to tell you, you're great. (laughs) You are so great. Thank you. Thank you. And there's a seven, one response right there. And at seven, I'm great. And from the one, I'm not, I'm not too bad. So all's well. No, I I just think uh, if you're really alike, you have to manage that. Right. And we have to manage yeah. that. That's so good. so good. You know, as I'm I'm listening to you, specifically when you, you were talking about like the parenting side of things, you know, I think for all of us, no matter where we come from, I think faith plays such a huge part in our life, in, in our family, in our parenting. And I, I just want to hear from you, like, I'm sure there's numbers that struggle more with, with faith. And, you know, in our context, it's, Jesus, right? That's the foundation. We're Christians of what we do in our life. And so, I don't know, I'd love to hear how the dynamic of faith, have you seen that play out inside of the Enneagram? And not necessarily you have to dive into a number, but I would just love to hear your position on that. Okay, thanks. That's another question I love. I never apologize regardless of my audience because I come from a Christian context and because that's Mm -hmm. where I live my life. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how people do life without community and without believing in something or someone bigger than them. Mm -hmm. And I think the Enneagram enhances our ability to be good community members. 
The thing that I would say, and I am going to talk about one number, I think sixes because their passion or their sin is fear. And because the tradition I come from and through believes that a high percentage of Enneagram numbers are sixes. Hmm. I think we are currently living in a world where fear is used to manipulate people. And I think it's immoral to manipulate people using fear. And one of the reasons for that is because I believe for Jesus, the opposite of love is not hate, but fear. And I think the gospel is filled with reasons that we should not be afraid. And so I think once we understand difference, and once we understand that even the things about us that we don't like are part of who God created us to be. And, you know, the, the work I do, I, I'm going to be in every weekend but one in April. I'm in some other city teaching people that I'll never see again. And they come tell me stories that would both break your heart and give you hope at the same time. And they're often stories about trying to overcome being afraid or trying to overcome all the unexpected things that happen in life. And Jesus is the way that I do that. And it's the example in the Gospels that we are encouraged to overcome fear. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting a little preachy, but I want to say one more thing about that. Yeah, yeah. And that is that I have a really good practice for sixes that has become a good practice for everybody. And that is that I encourage adults who are really struggling with their faith life to get three big pieces of butcher paper and hang them on a wall in their home side by side and leave them for six weeks. So it's difficult for ones to do that, but you can just cut it off real even yes. on the bottom. and put a, You're stressing me out yeah, talking I know, about it. I know, I know. It's, it's tricky. But it's really valuable because what I ask them to do is for the first two weeks, I ask them to just write down the belief system they grew up with. What was the belief system of the church you grew up in or your family or the community you were in? What was everybody for and what was everybody against? And then leave that up. And for the next two weeks on the middle piece of butcher paper, put down the system that you're a part of now and what the beliefs are and what you're surrounded by. And then the last two weeks, write down what you believe. And I think there are numbers that haven't re-examined what they believe since they were children because they're dependent numbers. So that would be ones and twos and sixes. And to stand on a belief system, you have to own it. You have to be able to wear it. And it can't be somebody else's. So because my husband is a preacher and because he knows the Enneagram, People often ask him if we're right and a high percentage of people are sixes, then what do they need to hear? And Joe's response as a pastor is that they need to hear that they need to trust their own experience of God and not somebody else's experience of God. That's good. Yeah, I think it's real good. Yeah. <laughs> Real good. That's Real awesome. good. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, we could talk with you forever, Suzanne. <laughs> I would oh hang. my gosh. 
Yes. Well, any other question we didn't ask that you are wanting us to ask? (laughs) I would just say this. I think with technology and social media and the pace of our culture, I think relationships are threatened. And I don't know a better tool for building our way back to healthy relationships than the Enneagram. I think uh, once we can accept our difference, we can find what we hold in common. And that is what gets me on an airplane week after week to go teach somewhere when I really kind of love being at home with Joe. Because I believe the Enneagram can make a difference uh, in how we see ourselves and how we see our relationship to God and in how we see our relationship with other people. So good. So good. good. Well, thank you. All right. Well, we are going to land the plane and we're (laughs) going to ask you three questions. We love to ask every single one of our guests and they go a little bit like this. What's a book that's changed your life? What's a habit that's changed your life? And what advice would you give to the younger you? Maybe that 20 year old you. Yeah. (laughs) So, so what's a book that changed your life? Uh, Just one. Yeah, right? (laughs) I know. So hard, right? Uh, So here's one. Callings by Greg Lavoie. Okay. And the reason is because Richard Rohr taught Joe and me that the best protection from the next word of God is the last word of God. Mm. And I know that Joe was supposed to be a Catholic priest, but I also know that Joe is supposed to have spent the last 30 years as my husband and a Methodist pastor and the the father of our four children and the grandfather of seven. And Callings is a book that is all about all the ways that the Holy Spirit might call you. And maybe you're not listening. Maybe you're not listening to all the ways that God in God's magnificence could call us. And I think everybody wants to be called and everybody wants to discern what to do next. And that book helps. And, of course, the path between us, writing a book changes your life. Okay, I'm done with those three. (laughs) Sorry. That was a lot of cheating. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. All right. A a habit that changed my life uh, is centering prayer. I do a 20-minute sit every day. And I sometimes do too. I, I find that 20 minutes of silence and trying to be present, little P to the presence, big P, Uh, are present to God, uh, settles me down a little bit. And sometimes I have to do another one about 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) Um, And advice that I would give to a younger me, because I'm a two on the Enneagram, would be that while I'm trying to take care of everybody else, I really would need to be intentional about taking care of me too. That's so good. That is great. Yeah. We actually just had a two on the Enneagram last week, and she said the same thing when we asked her that question, what advice would you give yourself at a younger age? She said the same thing. So that's so interesting. Yeah. That's so good. Well, I mean, this has been amazing. So great. So, so great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your wonderful wisdom about the Enneagram and just about life and faith. Absolutely. And so I know, I mean, I love that you're traveling and this message is getting out there. And I just want to encourage you, what you're doing is truly making an impact in so many people's lives. And so we can't thank you enough for that. And I want to say this, how can people find you? Or can they buy the book? Where where can they find find you? you? What... What's a way for them to get in touch and follow what you're doing? All right. Well, our website is lifeinthetrinityministry.com. 
and that has my teaching schedule and Joe's. I am on Facebook and Twitter, and you can get me through Suzanne Stabile or Enneagram Suze on Twitter. Um, Our ministry center is in Dallas, and we have events here that I would love for people to come to, but I literally teach all over the country, and that, too, is found on our website. The Path Between Us, uh, you can buy on Amazon or from InterVarsity Press or uh, at Barnes and Noble and independent bookstores, you can, it's there. You can find it. Awesome. And you have a podcast. You have a great podcast. Uh, the Enneagram journey. And I am having so much fun doing that. I essentially talk to, uh, one or two people at a time, mostly one person about their number. And I try, uh, you guys are really good about letting me talk. <laughs> so thank you. And You're welcome. I try to do the same thing. I try really hard to let my guests talk and to ask good questions. Yeah. I, I love your podcast. I just listened to the Dave Barnes episode. It was incredible. Well, now he's something. He, he's yes. something. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go see him in concert this Saturday. Yeah, he's yeah. coming to Dallas this week. Are you going to the show? I'm not, but you know, my son, Joel, is going. Oh, good. Um, yeah, it's the beginning of Holy Week. So Joe's gone most of next week. Okay. So I'm going to spend the weekend right here looking at him. Oh, that's go. awesome. That's great. Well, Suzanne, thank you so, so much. We look forward to the next time we get to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely, Boy, I'll look uh, forward to it too. You guys are really great. And come see us at the Micah Center here in Dallas. We'd love to have you. We would love to do that. That's it. You better watch out. We're coming. We're coming for sure. <laughs> good. Yeah. All right. right. Thank you, Suzanne. Bless you guys. Thank you. Our lives are forever changed. (laughs) She's so incredible. We hope you guys enjoyed our conversation with Suzanne Stabile. And again, all of the resources we talked about in today's episode will be available over at our show notes on our website, onelife.work slash podcast. And definitely go grab one of her books, The Road Back to You or her brand new one, The Path Between Us. They are so, so good. Really are going to impact your life. And as always, thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, It would mean the world to us if you headed over and subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast. And ultimately, share with the people you love because we're trying to create something that's impacting people's lives. And we hope that's doing that for you. There's a lot of great stuff coming up with episodes and guests. We've got Rick and Jackie Drew from Rad Joy and Havila Cunnington is going to join us as well here real soon. So thank you again for your support and your prayers. And we love you guys so much. And we're going to close out the show like we always do. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it well. well.